So you should be, first, first thing I tell women, thinking about fertility a year in advance. What you do today will impact the egg that could be potentially released one year from now. So that's huge. Hey, Real Health Podcast listeners. We're so excited you decided to listen to today's podcast. So this is a two-part series on how to optimize fertility, both for the male and the female. Before you make an appointment in my office, before you go to a doctor, my recommendation is the information we provide is information that is going to absolutely improve your fertility outcome. So sit back, take notes, and thanks for listening in to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Barrett. I'm a board certified chiropractic physician with a passion and emphasis in functional nutrition. We can't wait to add value to your health as well as the health of your family. Thanks for listening in to the Real Health Podcast. Hey, before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor. If you like this episode and you like hearing from Dr. B, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Instagram. We're really trying to get this health movement out. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Welcome to episode nine of the Real Health Podcast with Dr. B. This is your host, Lane. Hope everyone's having a fantastic start to your 2022 and you were able to plug into the first two episodes, uh, turning your New Year's resolutions into a health plan and also the awesome episode that we did on the five strategies to raising healthier children in 2022. This next series, I will say, is something that is um, near and dear to my heart and my family, but I know it's something that Dr. Barrett specializes in and he loves talking about. So without further ado, Dr. B, what's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I decided I'd wear uh, long pants today. My wife, Chelsea, usually gets on me because she's like, you always wear shorts. So I was like, you know what? It's a little chilly today in Knoxville. I'll wear some long pants today. There you go. <laughs> so a little random fact, I guess. I like that, man. I like the pants. Yeah, so you're excited about today's series. Give just a, what are we going to talk about? I know this is, since we started the podcast, you kind of had your eyes on this series and wanting to talk about it because this is something that you talk about often. Yeah, so this series is is important in the sense that it's commonly discussed with my clients on a day-to-day basis. It is all about fertility, optimizing fertility for the female, optimizing fertility for the male, and inevitably having healthy conception, healthy pregnancy, healthy baby. Perfect. So part one of the fertility series, the female body and a few of the hacks that we're going to go into on today's episode, but we have something super exciting that we're announcing. We are officially having, let's call it the first annual Real Health Expo in February. That's right. How about that? February, mark your calendars, get your get your iPhone calendars out right now. February 19th from 10 to 12 p.m. at the Health Factory on Alcoa Highway, and we'll put some flyers, we'll put it in the show notes. We're having the first annual Real Health Expo where you can come meet Dr. Barrett, you can, a little bit, just a a 30 second, what's it going to look like on that Saturday? Well, you're going to be able to learn about health and shop locally. So we'll have local vendors in from Knoxville area, um, setting up booths, tables that you can shop at, um, learn from, connect with local farmers. And then there'll be three 10 to 15 minute health talks 
on very pertinent information for us in our health journey, but also a, a cooking demonstration as well. Cooking? Yeah, you're, absolutely. You're cooking, all right? Uh, actually, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, I, you can cook some good uh, meats. Yeah, I just cooked uh, a so a friend of mine's on a on a 21 day fast, yeah. seven days water, seven days broth, seven day food introduction. So I cooked him up a big old pot of broth today. Oh, that's nice. And so I hooked him up. So I can cook when when but you know I defer to usually my wife. Becky. Yes, yes. Becky, Becky usually cooks. Well, well, that's a perfect segue. Yeah. So a little get to know Dr. Barrett. Where was your first date with Becky? So our first date was a blind date. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so a couple. Uh, so 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 her roommate was in my graduate school first first class mm-hmm. and uh, and introduced us on a on a blind date. So um, so you it was it was you met for the first time uh-huh. by blind. That's yeah. right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm always intrigued by stories like that. It's 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 it got a good backstory. Oh yeah, yeah. That's actually a, a good backstory in the sense that um, before I I called her, I felt like the Lord told me this was going to be my wife. Wow. Because I wasn't interested in dating. This was grad school. I was very focused at the, at the time for school, and uh, and He just put that kind of seed on my heart that said, hey. Uh, take this girl out. She's gonna be your wife. Wow. Yep. So 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 actually, I ended up um, calling her and said, "Hey, you know, you can I take you out Friday night?" So uh, we went to this nice restaurant in Atlanta, um, and actually, I hadn't been there, <laughs> so I was kind of kind of nervous about how to get there. Okay. So I said, actually, I drove there the day before. Just to know how to get there, because Atlanta can be super confusing. Preparation is key. Yeah, and, and and so I prepared before that first date, and so we uh, we just went out to dinner, and we talked about uh, Jesus, and uh, and then you know hit, hit it off so much that three months later she broke up with me. Ooh. <laughs> so that ninety day. That yeah, she had the ninety day like, itch. <laughs> she was done with me, man. She said I'm way too extreme. Uh, when, <laughs> that's exactly what she said, and uh, so she called things off. So I, uh, I was heart heart wrenched, and the Lord told me, "Hey, if you, if uh, she's gonna be your wife, then go back to her and uh, humble yourself, and tell her your server all the days of your life." Ooh. And so I did that, and she told me she'd think about it. <laughs> and I, then, I hope Becky listens. Long story short, nine months later, we were we were married. So. And four kids later. That's right. A dog and yep, partridge in a pear tree. That's exactly right. That's awesome. Well, Becky, if you listen life. to this, I've had the pleasure of knowing you. You are a fantastic woman of God, and uh, you are you are special. And so, thank you for serving your husband, so he can serve all of us. So, thank you so much. The review of the week. You want to do the review? Let's of the week? go. So we got a message from Ashley Carter McClellan on. Instagram. Thank you so much, Ashley, for following along and liking. Again, if you're not following us on the Facebook or the Instagram, make sure you do so because that's where you get a lot of the information of when episodes are coming out, uh, episode suggestions. So Ashley said that she absolutely loves the addition of the podcast. She always asks, she always wants to ask you a million questions, but we all know that you're a very busy man and you see a lot of patients, but you do your very best. But the podcast allows for those questions to be answered. So mm-hmm. thank you for putting this together. So thanks, Ashley, for uh, for that review. Those, those, those do mean a lot, so I appreciate it. That's awesome. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's get into the fertility series. I love how you said, hey, we're going to do a fertility series. 
And I love that, that we're going to do that. So today we're going to look at uh, a couple of the phases of the, of the women's cycle per se. And I think, you know, before we get started, this topic is, is near and dear to our hearts because we walked hand in hand through this with you, Dr. Barrett. And it was such a pleasant experience. We have a beautiful almost five-month-old baby. And, uh, you know, by the grace of God and, of course, through the help of you, we, we, we have that child. So thank you for that. But really, this episode, we want to talk about fertility and the, the, the women and the, and the couples out there that this is a big topic. This mm-hmm. is a big topic. And mm-hmm. I know that at the end of this, you will be able to give some soon-to-be families because I want to speak it out, hope. And that's what I hope we get at the end of this. So let's, let's jump into this and talk about those two phases. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, you know, and I'll start with this. A lot of times we're going to start with the female uh, body on this series. Then we're going to tackle the male body on the next uh, the next episode. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's important to know that one-third of fertility is female, one-third of, of infertility is male, and, and one-third of infertility is both male and female. Um, a lot of times we like to look to the female, but mm-hmm. it is um, just as strong as a male's role in creating optimal fertilization. So today we're going to start with female, and then we'll move to male. Um, so in the female, uh, what I've realized in working with clients for the last 12 years is women are misinformed or uninformed on their bodies. At an early age, we're taught, hey, if you have a 35 or 40-day cycle, that's bad. Well, that's not true. Or if you have a 25-day cycle, that's bad. Well, that's not true either. And so immediately we're taught, hey, it has to be 28 days and it has to look like this. And there's so much misinformation, but it's because when it's not 28 days and follow a specific schedule, there's a pharmaceutical involved. That I, I was going to ask you, why, why has society said this is bad? Like, where does that come from? But I think you're starting to answer that. Yeah. So, you know, inevitably we, we want to put people in boxes, but not everyone's the same. And so you can't, you can't put a female's body in the same box. Everyone is not the same. So the same thing with blood work. Um, when you look at it, you have to look at it from a functional standpoint and get better data than just what says a, a number in a, in a range. And so, but it does, it leads to um, what we commonly prescribe as birth control, Mm -hmm. which completely disrupts the female hormone body and inevitably results in in long-term hormonal imbalances when they come off trying to create fertility, trying to create hormone balance. And even the issues that might've been, they've tried to support through birth control, hormonal imbalances at an early age, see, they're still there. They didn't go away. They're just being masked by a birth control pharmaceutical for however long they are on it. And that's why birth control leads to increasing cancer risks and polycystic ovarian syndrome, metriosis, autoimmune issues, and the list goes on and on. Birth control seems to be uh, being prescribed at an earlier and earlier age. Well, women are having cycles at an earlier and earlier age. And it's because of our estrogen disruptors in our society. Petroleum, plastics, heavy metals overweight fat has led to a excessive estrogen increase Mm -hmm. so much so that that estrogen is what's creating earlier cycles in females 
Okay, so um, I'm trying to figure out what the question, because it's, it's interesting because this is, um, you deal with this every day, and I want to make sure that I ask the right questions because I know that some of the females out there could have questions or couples could have questions with that, but why, um, why, how can we get away from prescribing so much of the birth control? I mean, Ed, yeah, education. So it's really important. Like <clears throat> the episode today, we're going to talk about the female cycle. Okay. And when you know about the cycle as a mom, then you can educate your daughter. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important component is, hey, let's chart, let's get data, good data, so that we can educate ourselves to educate our next generation. And then that continues. Let's put the education back in our hands, the information back in our hands, so we don't just lead to a white coat physician and expect them to give us solutions and answers because a lot of times they'll just give us a medication so yeah. um i do i think hey sorry to interrupt today's episode just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by the first annual real health expo that's being held at the health factory on february 19th at 10 a.m to noon join dr barrett and the staff at the health factory and enjoy a fun fold packed two-hour event full of healthy living and local shopping we hope to see you there. Let's get back to today's episode. I think it's an educational piece, but that's what we're here to talk about. Um, we're here to talk about that that cycle and how to chart it and where the irregularities are in that cycle and then how to optimize it for fertility. Let's jump into it then. Okay. What, do you want to start with the first phase? Let's do it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so in, inevitably what happens is the the there's... Uh, different names for the cycle okay, okay. Um, so we have the first phase we call that the follicular phase okay, okay? so that's that's follicle based and then we ovulate and then we have the luteal phase the luteal phase is the progesterone phase so think of it to like today and then obviously you have menstruation uh, but today we're only going to talk about the first part which is the follicular phase ovulation and then luteal phase so the follicular phase in essence, is when the brain tells the ovary to develop and grow this follicle. All right, so it's going to make this hormone called follicle stimulating hormone. The follicle, which is the future egg, inside the ovary is growing. And when it grows to a point, there's what's called an estrogen surge. And this is very important for fertility. And the estrogen level has to get peak high enough to where the egg is released and then we ovulate. So that first phase, the follicular phase, is what we call the estrogenic phase. It's also where the egg matures and, and then results into that next step, which is ovulation. So that's that first phase of the cycle. Okay, so when the, when the estrogen rises, mm -hmm. um, is there issues with some of sometimes that going is that where the issue can arise yeah you got it so what happens is we call this an anovulatory cycle anovulatory which means they didn't actually ovulate so estrogen has to peak in order for the egg to release there may be enough estrogen for the growth of the egg but not to the point of hitting a threshold where the egg is released. But since there was enough estrogen, the uterine lining grows and proliferates enough for a cycle to occur 
which means the female has a period, menstruates, but the egg was never released. We call this an anovulatory cycle. The female had a cycle and it was 26, 30 days long. They thought, hey, if I have a cycle in this range, everything must have been normal, but yet they never released the egg for fertility to happen. That estrogen peak is vital for ovulation to happen in order for fertility to occur. And there's reasons why that estrogen inevitably doesn't peak and hit that threshold. Just where does the, if the, if you don't release the egg, what happens to the egg? Well, it stays in the ovary and then it, it inevitably just disintegrates. And, and so then, well, a lot of times what can happen is the outer layer of the egg, we call this the corpus luteum, um, inevitably can result in ovarian cysts. And this is where we get things like polycystic ovarian syndrome and ovarian cysts because the egg isn't released because we are not a strong ovulator. I'm trying to draw the link of the estrogen levels and making sure that there is enough estrogen levels to where the egg does release. And if it's not, um, is, is, is that where birth control comes into play? Is that estrogen levels? Is that kind of the, the Yeah, link? so birth control inevitably prevents ovulation from happening. Okay. So it does kind of baseline your hormone levels. And, uh, and inevitably prevent that estrogen surge. That's exactly correct. Okay. Um, but the, so the first phase where we see the biggest issues is all in the estrogen system and also the brain's ability to communicate to the ovary. So the first strategy in optimizing the first phase of the cycle, the follicular phase, to create a healthy ovulation is really based upon your pituitary gland, the gland in your brain, telling your ovary what to do, okay? So we call this the HPA axis or HPO axis, the hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis. This is the same axis that's supported with the adrenal glands, the HPA axis. So what we... What, H- HPA, what's mm-hmm, that? Hypothalamus pituitary mm-hmm. adrenal okay. axis. Okay. So the, the two organs in the brain, the hypothalamus pituitary, they inevitably communicate, inevitably send a hormone to the ovary to cause that follicle to grow and develop. Well, a lot of us are so stressed and and emotional stress, physical stress, chemical stress, that we never create enough of that hormonal surge to happen from the brain that we actually never ovulate. So one of the strategies that I always recommend is supporting the HPO axis through adaptogenic herbs. Adaptogens are a phenomenal way at helping the brain tell the ovary to release that that follicle or inevitably to uh, develop the follicle to be released. So the adaptogens like ashwagandha and rhodiola and um, ginsengs are really great at uh, helping holy basil, the uh, brain inevitably tell the ovary what to do. So that's the first thing. And then... And then the second one that I see issues with is just estrogen in general. Estrogen is a hormone produced by the adrenal glands, but it has to be metabolized and converted. It's also produced by the ovaries. But what happens is when the estrogen's in our body, our liver is supposed to metabolize estrogen. We're also inundated with estrogen from our environment, from petroleum, plastics, and heavy metals. 
So what inevitably happens is sometimes we have too much estrogen from our environment and, and too much body fat, or we don't have enough estrogen because we don't have enough body fat, or our liver isn't metabolizing estrogen properly. So the, the, the issues of estrogen alone can be, hey, I weigh too much, I don't weigh enough, or my liver isn't working well enough. And those are the three things that I see at improving estrogen levels to get to that surge to allow ovulation to occur. So inevitably, the solution is not just supporting adaptogenics you know, for, for the brain to ovary, but it's also helping the liver. That's why almost every fertility case, we do liver detoxification. Yeah. We provide yeah. a lot of liver nutrients so that the liver can metabolize estrogen properly. And then we create a healthy nutrition plan to either decrease body fat so we can eliminate that high estrogen load, or we bring estrogen up by increasing body fat to a point where we have enough estrogen. Wow. That, I mean, that is... That's just the first, that's just the first part of the cycle. Yeah. Wow. But I mean, just sitting there and understanding that stress, I mean, even stress can play a huge role in releasing uh, the releasing of an egg. Oh, if you're stressed, there's no way you're going to release eggs. Yeah. It's just because there's just no, your estrogen is so suppressed. Well, think of it this way. Um, your, your nervous system is set up in two ways, but it will only work one, uh, primarily rest, digest, or what we call feed, breed. Mm -hmm. So feed, breed, fight or flight. So you're either feeding, breeding, or running away from stress. So if you're running away from stress, you're never digesting and creating fertility. You're not going to grow a baby if you're running away from a tiger. If you're fight or flight, hearing those, um, the parallels of fight or flight, you know, really the fight or flight, the, the, the nervous system is built to where they don't know if you're chasing a tiger, whether right. you're getting hit from a car or you're just regular stress. Like it can't tell, well, you're only stressed because that's of your right. work. Like, that's right. Stress is stress. And you're not going to get pregnant if you, like you said, you're running away from a tiger. That's right. So the, then the brain prioritizes and it won't prioritize fertility over survival. Wow. And that's the big thing is um, one of the biggest parts to that first phase is stress reduction, breath work, things that we've talked about in the past, gut work, redu reducing inflammation, cold showers to build stress resilience, sauna therapy to build stress resilience, going for nightly walks, moving, moving your body, getting adjusted, chiropractic care, right? Acupuncture. All of these help stress reduction so that the brain goes from survival mode to fertility mode. That switch has to be flipped because it doesn't matter how many nutrients you take if the switch is on that fight or flight. That's good, that's really good. Anything else with the first phase? No, the first phase overview really is let's create a healthy brain to ovary response through stress reduction exercises, okay, number one. Number two, support it with adaptogenic herbs. Number three, get a healthy body weight. So if you were to kind of get an idea, um, over 20%, under 30%. So I'd say that body fat percentage, that's a good range. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that may be decreasing fat mass or increasing fat mass. The, and then the fourth one is liver 
detoxification. And if you're hitting those, you're going to create a really nice, healthy estrogen surge to inevitably create an ovulation to occur. Now, once ovulation occurs, the second part of the cycle is really important. Second phase. Luteal phase. So the luteal phase is all about progesterone. Now, there's something called the luteal phase defect, which is that inevitably your luteal phase should be at minimum 10 days. Okay? Preferably 12 and up to 16 days. So that length of time is vital for implantation to occur and enough time for progesterone production to be made. What happened? There's two things with this. Okay. Okay, and we're going to come back to luteal phase. Okay. I just want to kind of side side note. One is a lot of women are getting pregnant but miscarrying and never even knew it. Mm. So they're miscarrying at day, you know, 26, 27 because the implant because they never implanted because there's not enough progesterone. So the question is, are you not conceiving or are you not implanting? And there's a big difference there. Conception can occur but you may not actually be able to implant because you have a luteal phase defect. So you actually may be making a child every cycle without even knowing it because you're having this normal menstruation, but the problem is you're not implanting. So that's, so that's the questions we like to ask. So how can, how can one know that though? So perfect question because that segues into my second kind of tangent is you have to chart your cycle. Yeah. You have to chart your cycle. So... Charting your cycle is vital for the information of knowing what your hormones are doing. And there's two things that you chart. One, basal body temperature. Two, cervical fluid. So when you chart your temperature, there's a sharp rise, usually from about low 97s to high 97s to even 98. That's going to occur after you have ovulated. Not before, not the day of but the day after you ovulate. That's when you know when you ovulated. When that sharp rise occurred, let's just say it was Monday morning, well, I ovulated on Sunday. Now you know how many days you are in your luteal phase, okay? Okay. And then cervical fluid. Your cervical fluid has to inevitably become like an egg white consistency, a raw egg white consistency. That consistency is optimal for pregnancy to occur, okay? okay? And so you have to look at both of those things. There's also cervical position, but I typically recommend just looking at those two things. Basal body temperature, chart every day, every morning you wake up, cervical fluid. And then once you get that information and put it on a graph, you're able to see your cycle. If you have a rise in temperature, a rise in temperature, that's for 18 days, okay, you're pregnant. Now, if you ovulated on day 10, conceived on day 11, and then inevitably had your first cycle on day 29, you were pregnant, you just never knew it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's important that you chart so you know what's happening in your body, what your hormones are doing, when you're ovulating, and how long your, and most importantly, your luteal phase is. What ends the luteal phase? So if, the, if implantation does not occur, okay. if that egg, even if it's fertilized, never implants in the uterus, you will menstruate. You will have a cycle. Okay. Okay. So it is vital that there has to be not only conception, but there has to be enough progesterone post-ovulation for 
the uterus to thicken up and get blood vessels to it so that that egg, now a, a zygote, can drop in and plant in and inevitably have enough progesterone to keep it healthy. And then if you're pregnant, your luteal phase lasts all the way until you actually have the baby. Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, just out of curiosity, I mean, this is just, I mean, I think this is something that we had asked even you back when we were going through some of this. When an egg is released, um, when estrogen is high enough and egg is released, what is the, um, what's the time frame that there is to conceive? Like, what is it? Uh, basically, how many times should you be having sex? Let's just ask that question. Yeah, there's a window uh, of about six days, I would say, okay. from where the sperm can kind of exist within the vaginal tract, depending upon the health of the male and the health of the female, and how long the egg is ready to go. Okay. So there's about a six-day window, um, you know, a couple days on the front end of ovulation, a couple days on the back end of ovulation. Um, because, it, once again, it's important to know that you have to have enough time after fertilization to occur, a minimum of 10 days, for enough progesterone to be made for uh, implantation, implantation to happen. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I had a phenomenal question with implant, implanting. Um, I'm going to think about it. But let's continue on phase two. Um, and and beyond, I guess. Yeah, I think the I think the important thing now is kind of knowing that if we have a luteal phase defect, so if you chart your cycle and you don't have at least 10, 12 days of luteal phase, then this is a defect. Okay. This is a problem. You're not going to conceive under 10 days. Okay? okay. So we need to extend our luteal phase. Okay. Now. The number one recommendation that I have for luteal phase improvement is an herb called Vitex. It's also known as Agnus Castus. Um, it's also termed Chaseberry. There's a lot of different names. That, okay, it's an herb. Of course, it has multiple names. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of Vitex babies out there. Vitex is published as improving the luteal phase duration. Okay. So if you know you have a short luteal phase, nine days, 10 days, then you can take Vitex, Chaseberry, Agnes Castus, and you can extend your luteal phase, optimizing your time for enough progesterone to be made for implantation to occur. So Vitex is my first recommendation. Okay. My second recommendation is going to be off of B vitamins. So a lot of times luteal phase defects are also correlated with methylation defects. Methylation defects are genetic disorders that don't allow proper blood flow to happen to the uterine lining. So we call this MTHF. It's a common methylation defect. So every case of fertility optimization we work with, we're putting on methylated B vitamins. Methyl B6 called pyridoxal 5-phosphate methyl B9 called methylfolate, and methyl B12, which is called methylcobalamin. So those three methyl B vitamins are essential at allowing blood flow to occur to the uterine lining for implantation to occur. Also, it helps with detoxification, hormone conversion, and inevitably B9 specifically helps prevent 
midline disorders or neural tube defects that are commonly associated with miscarriages in that first trimester. So can families, do, can they know if they actually are conceiving and it's just the luteal phase isn't long enough? Is there a way to know that? Yep. So, um, so what will happen is they will get a inevitably, you know, the, the best way is a positive HCG level. Okay. Right. So um, if, if you think that that's possibly happening where you are ovulating, but not implanting, just test your HCG levels. Okay. And they'll, you'll, you'll see, actually see a rise in HCG. Okay. okay. And that does a, a couple things back to the ovary that we don't have to go into detail about. That's how you test. Okay. Right. And so um, to fix that luteal phase defect, going back to that, right, methyl B vitamins, Vitex are probably my two other hacks. So we've got, you know, not only brain control through adaptogens and stress reduction, we've got liver detoxification and body, body fat optimization in the first phase. Second phase, we've got B vitamins, methyl B vitamins, and we've got Vitex. And usually when you're doing those things with a, kind of these foundation, we'll talk through it at the end, we're kind of kind of there anyway. These foundational hacks or foundational truths to women's fertility, then we're, then we're successful for for fertility optimization. When someone comes to work with you, or they ask you questions, and they haven't been doing what you're speaking to, how long should a family give to start to see results, or possibly get more uh, more positive results when implementing stuff like this? Yeah, I've had women that have um, been in their late 40s, never had a child conceive. Wow. Um, so that was, you know, amazing. Wow. I've had women, um, and that, that, that might, you know, some of those cases may take up to a year, right? Uh, I've had some cases that can take, I mean, I'm thinking six months, and they conceive in two months. And I'm like, well, okay, that happened fast. Um, so it all really depends upon um, the health state of the individual when they come in. And, uh, and everyone's a little bit different, but that's why data is important, charting is important, and, uh, and laying some of these foundational things are important. That's awesome. Anything to kind of wrap up the women's side of the fertility? Today? Yeah, so I think there's a few just foundational hacks or tips, tricks, um, nutrition recommendations that women should have in their back pocket okay. that they should be doing daily if they're thinking about fertility. So the first thing is, um, kind of crazy, I'm, I'm gonna segue into it from this standpoint. If a mom is carrying a baby, that baby okay, okay. has all the eggs it will ever have uh, for the next baby. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, so I, a mom I, is carrying a grandchild. grandchild. I've, I've heard that. We've, talked, that yeah, we've talked about that. Isn't um, that wild? That's, so, so wild. So it's, so a woman will have all the eggs that she'll ever she'll ever you know produce from. Has day, there ever been any one. studies to say how many eggs women actually have? They range. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't know the exact number. Um, but when you think about the egg development, it can take up to a year for eggs to develop to inevitably be released. So you should be first first thing I tell women thinking about fertility a year in advance. What you do today will impact the egg that could be potentially released one year from now. So that's huge. So here's some kind of some truths. Number one, eat cholesterol. Cholesterol is the backbone of every steroid sex hormone in the body. You can't make estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone without cholesterol. So eat the ribeye. 
reads the eggs. The whole okay? egg. The whole egg, the yolk. That is vital for your hormones, okay? Eat liver. You're like, I don't want to eat liver. Okay, take liver capsules. Okay. Liver is very important, not just with fat-soluble vitamins, but also other micronutrients that allow fertility to be improved. So liver, we've got um, uh, omega-3 fatty acids. So fish oil helps reduce inflammation, helps uh, hormone conversion, and really helps the ovaries and uterus stay in a less inflammatory state, optimizing fertility. I typically recommend about three grams or 3,000 milligrams of omega-3s per day. Start consuming uh, antioxidants like vitamin C, vitamin E. And then uh, the last thing is, again, we're just gonna repeat it from our from what we mentioned ago, uh, chart your cycle. If you don't have data, you don't know where to start. So if you're like, hey, I wanna, I wanna you know, go see Dr. Baird or, or even another reproductive endocrinologist who's, who's very good at natural-based care for fertility optimization, you're gonna have to have a cycle charted so start start charting, start mapping it out with body, body basal temperature and cervical fluid so that when you go to that practitioner, you have data and they can help you from there. You can get apps. I've seen apps that you can, you can download. Um, I know that Chelsea used to chart it on a paper chart right beside our bed, and it is fascinating to see the correlation and see it, how it's the same every month. It's, it's really remarkable to see. And the female body is remarkable. I will absolutely say that. So Dr. Barrett, thank you so much for today in the fertility series on the female side. Glimpse of a little bit maybe of next week with the male because like you said, a third is female, a third is male. So a yep. little bit of a glimpse of what the listeners can listen to or think about next week. Yeah, so if you're a male, we're gonna talk about testosterone optimization, how to improve testosterone without taking testosterone. Eat raw meat. <laughs> That's, That's right. Gonna be the tip, right. So we're gonna we're talk about how to optimize testosterone. If you're a female listening for your husband, share this with him, but also you'll be able to pick up some information for him so that he has increased sex drive, increased testosterone, and increased sperm motility and sperm production for fertility. Perfect. Part one of the fertility series, the female body and some Fertility Hacks. Dr. Barrett, thank you so much. Remember, mark your calendar Saturday, February 19th from 10 to 12 at the Health Factory here in Knoxville, Tennessee. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be phenomenal. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you go and like, comment, review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And with that, we'll see you next time on part two of the Fertility Series of the Real Health Podcast with Dr. B. Before you hit X, hold on one second. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today with Dr. B. Two things that would really help the Real Health Podcast movement. One, share it on your social media, your Facebook, your Instagram, wherever you're on a social network. And two, if you go to Apple Podcasts and you scroll down, give us a five-star rating and give us a review. Thanks so much for your time, and we'll see you next episode.